Welcome to Let's Talk About. I'm your host, Jackie, and this is my co-host, Crystal. afternoon you guys welcome or welcome back to let's talk about it i am your host jackie teal and my co-host crystal ross is absent on this podcast because our schedules conflicted this week and i wanted to go ahead and jump on here and give you guys a little something because last week i did not I just wasn't feeling it. I had a lot going on. I had to decorate for a huge church banquet this past uh, Saturday. And every day of the week, I was doing something different. So it just didn't happen. Uh, And then this week, when I looked at the schedule, I was like, we do need to record. But uh, she doesn't get off until the evening. So it makes it a little harder because I like to record during the day. And I have a funeral this coming Saturday that I have been preparing for I actually stayed up to midnight last night making the casket spray so um it's just been a lot going on but nevertheless I'm here now and I wanted to bring you guys something because I miss you guys and I'm sure she does too so today we are going to jump into a domestic violence survival story because we haven't done one in a while and this one is called Melanie's story. Okay, so here we go. Melanie was in a relationship with her ex-husband for almost 30 years. That's a long time. Melanie faced verbal and emotional abuse along with controlling behavior throughout the marriage. Over the years, there were a number of increasingly violent physical assaults. These are Melanie's words. We were in a relationship for nearly 30 years. After a number of years, the abuse began. He lost his temper over a trivial matter and punched me in my face. He was a lot taller and bigger than me. As a result, I fell. I fell onto something and lost consciousness. Then he smashed a number of items. Afterwards, he apologized, like they always do, and said he would never be violent to me again, like they always do. I believed him and thought it was a one-off. For the next eight years, he was verbally abusive. He would raise his voice and shout at me every chance he got. He would treat me in a demissive and derogatory manner. He would belittle me in front of of others to show off. He would have to be in control at all times and that control extended to me as well. I got used to being treated in that way, but then he became physically violent to me again. I made a trivial comment and he went berserk. He picked up an item in the kitchen and threw it at me, hitting me on the arm. He ran over and started screaming in my face. I managed to run away and lock myself in the bathroom. I made up a story to tell my work colleagues to explain 
why I was bruised. I was always walking on eggshells, afraid of upsetting him. I would also have to make excuses to others about his behavior. The verbal abuse and controlling behavior continued. After another 12 years being treated like that, after another 12 years of being treated like that, he became violent again. He did not like the fact that I had left him in a bar because he was being insulting. He was insulting me in front of others. He broke one of my ribs and gave me a concussion. His attack put me in the hospital. Wow. Again, afterwards, he appeared sorry for what he had done, but the horrible names and emotional abuse continued. And it was only a couple of years this time before he was physically, physically violent again. He did not like the fact that I had left him in a bar. I'm sorry, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm using my iPad. So let me get back to where I was yet again. He threatened to kill himself afterwards. Looking back now, he was just emotionally blackmailing me into keeping quiet about his abuse. This time was different because I called some friends for the first time. I told someone about his abuse and then felt strong enough to tell others and a family member. I got support from them and eventually I left him. Thank God. We were separated for three months during which he had got help for his anger problems and he promised he would never hit me again. So I went back. However, he still got angry on a regular basis. And within months, I realized I could no longer endure his abuse. I told him I wanted a divorce. Within a week, he threatened to kill himself. Then a couple of weeks after that, he locked me in the house and repeatedly began to punch me. I thought he was going to kill me. He then got a knife, and as I tried to leave, he stabbed me, causing a deep cut on my body. I was bruised and battered with a broken nose. The police were involved. I hope I never see him again. I later found out that he had abused his first wife, including physically assault assaulting her when she was pregnant and then in front of their children. We met Melanie when she was referred to us by the police. The team helped her by preparing her witness statement, completing the court application form, and provided her with information about the process of making her application along with the details about the court process, along with encouragement and moral support. So this is someone else talking now. Basically, this is what they did for Melanie whenever she was referred to them by the police. Melanie was successful in obtaining a 12-month non-molestation order, I'm sorry, non-molestation protection order from her abuser. An occupation order was also granted to her, preventing him from exercising, exercising his legal right to return to the formal matrimonial home, meaning that he couldn't come back to the house that they were living in. Melanie says, since she has gained the court's protection, she feels safe in her own home. She feels liberated. I'm not having to watch what I say or do. 
I am in control of my life again. And it is an amazing feeling. I just want to say to anyone that reads this and is suffering from abuse, that you can't take steps to stop abuse, to stop an abuser so that you can, I'm sorry, let me slow down. I just want to say to anyone that reads this and is suffering from abuse, you can't take steps to stop abusers so that you take back control of your life and live it safely. Okay, so that's the end of Melanie's story. First of all, I want to commend Melanie for talking to somebody, well, getting the courage, getting her courage up so that she can't, that she could talk to somebody because she dealt with that for 30 years and she didn't feel like she had the courage to even open up about it or talk to anybody probably because she felt like she wasn't going to have support or that if her husband found out about it, that he would hurt her some more or possibly kill her. Now, I want to say this is probably the first domestic violence survivor story that I have read where somebody actually um, got that hurt. I mean, he stabbed her and he locked her in a house threatening to kill her. And then whenever she filed for divorce, he threatened to kill himself. They say that a lot because they don't want you to go through with divorcing them. It's gaslighting, it's blackmailing, it's whatever you want to call it. It's just downright evil. But the thing that gets me is what gives you the right, whether you're a male or a female, what gives you the right to physically assault somebody because you're angry or because you're drunk or because whatever even if they said something to make you go there, my philosophy is nobody can make another grown human being do anything. I don't care how upset they make you. The fact that you're saying you took me there, you made me go there, look what you made me do, that's a cop-out. To me, that's just being a coward. Take responsibility for your own actions take responsibility for what you did um and the fact that he would continue to do this to her and then promise that he wasn't going to do it again oh my god how many times have i heard that it's ridiculous we hurt the people that we love so much and to the point to where this is what we have to do to get their attention or this is what we have to do to make them stay. It's not even worth it. I've known people that have lost their lives because they felt that they loved the other person so much till they couldn't leave them or they felt sorry for them or they couldn't bear seeing them, um, you know, having to do it alone. So what? Single mothers do it alone every day. Single fathers do it alone every day. Sometimes you get more help being single than you do being married. I mean, it's just the facts. Um, I mean, married people can't even, you know, get 
SNAP benefits, food stamps. I mean, single a single person can get it way before a married person can get it. So my thing is, don't be afraid to start over. Don't be afraid to do it alone because there's help available. Um, they have low-income housing. I mean, I work at a apartment complex where I'm a property manager, and we do low-income housing. I mean, we have people that live here that have no income. So don't just stay in a abusive relationship because you're afraid to start over or you're afraid that you can't live without your significant other's income because yes, you can. Like I said in the past, and I'll say it again, I was married for 24 years and I thought about divorce a lot. It wasn't just something I woke up one morning and decided that I was going to do. I thought about it a lot. And when I say a lot, I literally would get a piece of paper and write down the pros and cons of divorce. Should I stay or should I go? And on the con side, it was always me having one income. But guess what? I made it. Yeah, I have a wonderful husband now who supports me. We support each other. But before I met him, I was doing it by myself. Women do it all the time. Men do it all the time. It can be done. So throw that excuse out the window because that's all it is, is an excuse. Your life is more important than a second income. Your life is more important than a man uh, or a woman that tells you that they love you periodically, but the fact that they are mistreating you, whether it be physical, emotional, verbal, whatever, is still considered abuse, and that's not love. So all of the, all of that, all of those are excuses. So throw them out the window. Look forward to your future. Look forward to your happiness because if you get out of the toxic, tox, the toxic mess, I can never say that word, but if you get out of the toxic mess and move forward, I promise you bigger and better will be coming your way because it happened to me. Never in a million years did I think that in my 40s that I would be divorced, I would be in a brand new marriage, I would be happy, I mean happy, happy, happy. I'm doing things now that I never thought possible that I would be doing. Um, I'm going places that I never thought possible that I would be going. And it's not bad places, it's just things that when I was with my first husband that he wouldn't have allowed. And let me break that down. I don't mean that he literally said, you better not do that. No, it wasn't that. It was, if I did it, I was going to have to come home to an argument. So to keep peace in my home and to keep an argument from happening, I would choose not to do whatever it is that made me happy or whatever it is that I wanted to do. For example, I love to wear makeup now. I've only been wearing makeup maybe three years at the most because in my first marriage, I don't know if it was because he was jealous, didn't want anybody else looking at me. I don't know what it was. But if I would have worn makeup, I would have had to hear it for days. I mean, I did have to hear it for days, but back then I really didn't know what I was doing. My daughter actually taught me how to 
apply makeup and then I watched a lot of YouTube videos, so I've gotten good at it. But my my po the point that I'm trying to make is I'm happy now. The My husband allows me to be me. Uh, I can dress how I want. I can wear as much makeup as I want. I can do as I please as long as I am, you know, continuing to be that godly woman that I'm always going to be and I'm respecting him and I'm acting like a married woman and not a single woman, which I've, I've never acted like a single woman even when I was single. But just be happy. Don't let nobody take that away from you. If you're dealing with uh, an abusive uh, partner or an abuse spouse, an abusive spouse, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody that you can trust. If it's not a family member, maybe it's a friend. If it's not a friend, maybe it's a stranger. I mean, sometimes they'll help you before your family and your friends will help you. If you live in a small town where you know the police department is probably not going to do nothing or um, maybe your spouse or your significant other has connections with the police department, then go further. Do, do whatever you got to do to get out of that. If that means that you got to leave everything that you have built and start over, then do that. Because I was ready to do that. If the judge would have ordered um, my ex to get the house and I would have had to start over, I would have started over. There's nowhere in the world that I would have stayed in that just so I could still be in my house. Just like I got this one, I can get another one. My mom has a three-bedroom house. I could have just been there with her. I'm pretty sure she would have been happy. Right, Mom? <laughs> but uh, I said all that to say this. I know I'm rambling right now, but I'm trying to give y'all at least 20 minutes um, of a podcast. But it's not worth it. Everybody needs peace. Everybody wants to be able to lay down at nighttime and be able to rest and sleep peacefully without having to have an argument at bedtime, in the middle of the night, when you wake up in the morning. No, nobody wants that. And if you do, you're a different kind of person. Because I did that for so many years, mm -mm, I ain't going backwards. I'm not going backwards. I shared this with uh, my cousin the other day. If me and my husband have a disagreement on Monday, I'm going to say like this. If we have a disagreement on Monday morning, by the time Monday night get there, if I try to talk about it, he going to be like, that's in the past. And I'm just, I'm like, well, it just happened today. That's in the past. That happened this morning. We, we, we nighttime now. Why are we still talking about this? It's over. It's done. And that's not something that I was used to. I was used to stuff being thrown up in my face every chance, every chance he got. I was used to him bringing stuff up that happened 10, 15 years ago. So for my husband to tell me that just, that's, that's in the past and it just happened five hours ago, I'm still getting used to that. I'm still trying to digest that. So yeah, I thank God for that because that's what I call peace of mind. I can lay down every night and know that I'm going to sleep peacefully. Say my prayers. Wake up the next morning and thank God for waking me up and going by my merry little way. Okay, well, I thank you guys for joining me on today. It was quick, but uh, just keep Melanie uh, in prayer. 
as well as all the other domestic violence survivor stories that I have read or the ones that I am going to read. Again, if you have any, if you know of anyone that has one that wants to share, please um, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, or just leave it in the, the notes on Spotify. and uh, Or write me a letter, either one. We'll find it and we'll be more than happy to share it. I ask that you guys uh, keep our family, uh, extended family, lifted up in prayer this week um, as we uh, lay our loved one to rest on Saturday. Until next time, I ask that you be blessed, be careful, be safe. Uh, we're going to try to get back with you on this weekend so that we can do one together. Love you guys. Be safe. that you have done to, for us, Lord. I ask that you continue to bless the bereaved families, Lord. I ask that you continue to bless this great nation that we live in, Lord. Please bless our leaders, Lord. Bless our men and women who are serving this country, Lord. I've, I even ask you to bless each and every person on the face of this earth, Lord. Thank you for all your many blessings, Lord. Thank you for everything that you are going to do for us, Lord. And of course, everything that you have already done for us, Lord. As that you continue to bless our children. They are dealing with so much in this world, so much peer pressure, so much that we didn't have to deal with that they're dealing with now. And I just ask that you strengthen their minds, Lord, and strengthen their bodies and give them the courage to walk away if it's something that is not in your name, Lord, or in your will, Lord. Ask that you just continue to heal all the sick and shut in, Lord. I know the flu and strep and COVID is going around rapidly, Lord. Ask that you protect us against all of this, Lord. I ask that you heal these bodies, Lord, of people that are suffering right now from all these ailments, Lord. Thank you so much for this survivor story, Lord. I ask that you bless and touch each and every woman or man that is up against violence right now, Lord. Bring them out. Give them the courage to speak, Lord. Give them the courage to speak up. Give them the courage to leave, Lord. Just let them know that they can do it, that they can stand on their own because it may be too late if they continue to wait. In your darling son Jesus' name, 